Hey, Jen, want to talk about coping with rejection? Denied. Great. Today we're going to discuss handling emotional and sexual rejections in your marriage relationship. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes, and uh, hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving and is now adequately prepared for the craziness that is uh, December and the holiday season. It is that time of year. The later this week is December 1st, which seems a little crazy. Wow. But it's a fun season. December is upon us, and uh, yes, it does get crazy in, in our household, and I'm sure at yours as well. (laughs) Uh, We do want to, uh, before we get uh, to the new year, we do want to make some announcements for some uh, events that are on the books for next year. 2024 starting to book up. It is. Uh, We're announcing for the first time today on the podcast that we are going to be doing an Austin, Texas Marriage Day. Yes, Austin, Texas. We are coming your way. We've been trying to get to Austin uh, a couple of different times. (laughs) We're just down the road. You think we would have gotten there by now. (laughs) Finally making this happen. Uh, The details are still being um, more precisely planned, but uh, we do have a date, February 23rd and 24th. That is the last weekend of February. Um, The uh, the venue, the itinerary, the registration details are all uh, to be determined, uh, but coming soon. And so look for those registration details. We'll, of course, be updating you uh, on the podcast, and uh, you can also find that information soon right. on our website as well. That's right. And then we are also, this is this is a little ways out, but we are also going ahead and announcing that um, we are going to be doing a Kingdom Singles event here in the Houston area. Yes. This event will be for young adults, like, you know, 18 and older, maybe target audience of the 20s and 30s and those cool 40-year-olds, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but specifically for uh, unmarried yeah. adults, unmarried young adults, um, uh, a little bit different than the, the typical events that we've done um, in the past. But uh, this is going to be for uh, young adults focusing on uh, kingdom purpose, finding kingdom purpose while you're single, uh, dealing with sexuality and maintaining a holy sexuality while you are single. Uh, And of course, uh, for those who are seeking a spouse while single, uh, dating uh, with some intentionality. And we're going to talk about some of those things. We're going to spend the whole day doing that, and we're really looking forward to being with that uh, group of people and um, trying to share some wisdom and, and be encouraged by them as well. That's right. And so that'll be Saturday, June 15th. So you know some singles in the Houston area or singles that want to travel to the Houston <laughs> area. Um, go ahead and put that on some calendars. Yes, looking forward to to that event as well. Uh, so as we mentioned in the opener, um, we're talking about rejection today, which is 
maybe a harsh topic to jump seems, into after the seems holiday. Seems a little bit of a downer for the month of December, Matt. <laughs> From gratitude to rejection. Uh, that's that's the, the theme we're going with today. Uh, but I, I do want to make it clear. I, I think that the principles that we want to consider today are really relevant, whether we're talking about emotional rejection or sexual rejection. Obviously, yes. uh, our podcast tends to be a little bit more focused on the sexual relationship, but I think these principles really apply and if you're a typical couple, one of you is going to be an emotional pursuer. One of you is a sexual pursuer. Right. Um, and so each of you in that relationship is going to be experiencing some rejection. Right. Uh, right. I mean, rejection is an inevitable part of any relationship. It's something that's painful. And so we often seek to avoid it or maybe even deny it. Sure. Um, but But it's inevitable because you're two separate people. And so there is inevitably going to be times where one of you seeks something uh, more or differently than the other. And what often happens then is a feeling of rejection. Right. I mean, right. everyone gets rejected at some time. Um, but repeated or important rejections can really cause some deep divides within relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And so then how each spouse is handling that rejection will have a profound effect on whether you uh, and whether your relationship is going to be able to heal and to reconcile uh, and to be able to move towards intimacy. Right. So today we're going to talk about the causes, the effects of rejection, and then how we can best cope with this inevitability of the rejections that we're going to encounter in our marriages. Right. But you know, Matt, there's someone who won't feeling leave you feeling rejected. Oh, and who might that be? That might be Derek with Open Door <laughs> Financial Advisors. Yes, uh, we, we, uh, we, we really appreciate Derek and his sponsorship of the of the podcast this year. He, he has not rejected us. No. Even <laughs> though we might be a little bit of a financial mess. Yeah, he, he probably wishes he might have rejected us a few times because uh, we of the messes that he is helping us clean up. Um, but in, in, in all joking aside, uh, Derek um, will do a great job for you. We right. strongly and, and firmly recommend Derek and his services at Open Door Financial Advisors. Uh, he will help you solve financial problems. He will help you um, solve um, financial planning issues, building mm -hmm. a future around your values, around your dreams. Um, he will uh, walk you through that process, offering expert advice, but also personalized advice. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about Derek is that he seeks to regularly connect with his clients. Mm -hmm. um, he's not a, okay, here's your plan now go and do it and live it perfectly and I'll see you in a year. Um, rather, he has a subscription based and so he is looking for you to really be able to kind of meet with him on a regular basis and that just helps give you traction. Yes, right. It, it's a it's a monthly meeting. He's going to get you a plan. He's going to help you see through that plan. He's going to handle the road bumps that come, uh, that come along with that. Um, but no, no contracts. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, there's no long-term commitments. He's just there to help you when you need him for as long as you need him. That's right. So contact opendoorfa.com where finances meet faith and family. So with respect to the, the topic at hand, which is this topic of rejection, and again, 
whether that's emotional rejection, uh, you're seek whether you're seeking like an emotional mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. which gets rejected, or you're right. seeking a sexual connection that right. gets rejected. Uh, I think the place to start with um, this idea and really helping myself cope with rejection is first to acknowledge. That is painful. Yeah. I mean, like I, I said at the beginning, sometimes we just seek to deny it's even happening. Sure. Um, and that's not actually very helpful. Um, I think we first have to acknowledge the pain and, and really the grief of rejection, right? We Absolutely. don't often use that. Grief feels like this great big word, but that's what you're going through. Right. That right. is because rejection produces feelings of inadequacy. There are Absolutely. feelings of being unwanted. And you have to cope with that. You have to deal with the the inevitable in- effects of that. Yeah, absolutely. W- with rejection, there's going to be this added insecurity um, mm-hmm. that you're feeling about the relationship, um, and that that insecurity bleeds over into all of your other relationships as well. If, yes. if there is rejection happening in your marriage, you're going to feel less sure about your relationships with your children, your relationships with your friends yeah. or your work or whatever it might be that that is going to bleed over. And so it's very important, I think, to first just acknowledge mm-hmm. that, that I am being rejected or at least that I feel rejected in this circumstance and especially if that's something that's happening repeatedly or on an ongoing basis um, that's going to obviously be even more complicated right i mean it is completely normal to feel pain to feel grief to feel anger resentment absolutely depression even or despair in some you know strong cases i mean all of those feelings may be directed you know against yourself sure or against your spouse, or even against the people who have nothing to do with it, like, (laughs) you know, your kids. How often have we felt, you know, a sense of anger towards our spouse, and we take it out on the closest kid? Absolutely. You know, know, things that happen at home have a direct impact on um, how I'm performing at work, or what I'm distracted by at work. So yes, it it certainly bleeds over, like we said, into every one of those other relationships. But it's important to be aware of this. Mm -hmm. Be aware of your feelings, recognize these kind of painful feelings, and recognize that I still have the obligation to treat others, including the spouse who may be rejecting me. I'm still obligated to treat them with love and with grace. And that is easy to say and really hard to do. Yeah, right. I, I wish I because had a. Our, yeah. our, go ahead. Uh, I say I wish I had a simple solution for that. Yeah, our tendency when we're rejected is to close off and build up a wall. Right. right? We want right. to. We want to close ourselves off. We want to pull back, and then we want to put up a barrier to protect ourselves. Yeah, because we believe that holding others at a distance. Mm-hmm whether it's our spouse or and sometimes everyone else then because we, we that, that insecurity bleeds over. So then we start to hold everyone else at a distance so that right. we can decrease that risk of rejection, decrease the, the risk of that sting that occurs. And so we preemptively reject others yeah. so that we'll be protected from future pain. Right, we are, right. We want to protect ourselves and we want to we say, "Oh, that ouch, that hurts. <laughs> I don't want to feel that again." So, here's the steps I'm going to take to make sure I never feel that pain again. Yeah. And, and so specifically it doesn't in a, work. Yeah, right. Exactly. It doesn't work. And specifically in a marriage, our tendency is if my spouse has rejected me in some way, 
my tendency then is to preemptively reject them. So yes. when they reach out to me in some other way, my tendency is to reject them because they rejected me. Right. And so, you know, that ends up, we miss opportunities to actually connect. Like, what did we want when we were pursuing our spouse? And again, this is emotionally or sexually. We wanted connection. We felt rejected. And so our reaction then is to reject in turn, denying ourselves the very thing we want, yeah, which it, is connection. Right. If my spouse blew me off when I tried to bring up the topic of what are we doing for the holidays with the in-law family, if they blew me off then then I'm not going to be very inclined to uh, acquiesce to their sexual advances later on that evening, right? right, we, right. This happens all the time in relationships, and often we're not even aware that this is happening. We yeah. just, it's our natural reaction and response. Right. But if you stay in the grief, like Jen said, if you stay in that moment of grief or anger or whatever it might be, if you stay there, then you're going to miss more opportunities for connection. And I right. think that's the big takeaway here. You, it's, it's important to acknowledge grief. It's yeah. important to acknowledge that it's painful. Right. But if you stay there, then you're not going to be able to build something beyond just the grief and the heartache and the bad feelings that you have. Right. So we'll keep going and maybe we can lead them to uh, the right place, Matt. <laughs> well, that's, that's the point. But of course, all rejection begs the question internally we we at least are asking ourselves why am i being rejected right what's wrong with me right or even or, the real question what's wrong with my spouse yes why does my spouse behave this way and constantly reject Ab me absolutely and and that initial grief that occurs with reaction can sometimes slowly sometimes quickly turn into anger or bitterness or resentment or coldness or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, like I was saying earlier, I think we do have a tendency to kind of downplay rejection, to deny it, but we don't realize how much it's building up, right? A absolutely. We, we feel it. We don't really want to think about it. And so we just, but, but because we have been hurt, we let that resentment start building and slowly right. it starts building up and we realize all of a sudden there's a big wall between us. Right, right. And so before you go there, before you mm -hmm. go to that place of anger and resentment, or maybe if you're already there, it, some of us maybe have been rejected repeatedly and constantly maybe for years Instead of going there, we're going to ask you, maybe challenge you a little bit to consider some alternate perspectives mm -hmm. about the difficulty of your situation, not to downplay that it is a difficult circumstance, but we do want to ask you to challenge yourself, uh, and we also want to encourage you to right. maybe try to find some new hope in starting to build back some of those new bridges and create some new places of connection in your relationship. Right. So the first thing to recognize with rejection uh, before we get bitter about it, before we get angry about it, is first to recognize that any intimate relationship requires two people. Mm -hmm. And so because of that reason, almost always... Rejection is occurring because of multiple factors, 
some of which that have to do with you as an individual, and some of those have to do with the one who has rejected the offer and may be entirely independent of you, may have nothing to do with you at all. Okay. Now, your, your offer may be completely reasonable, and it may not, and maybe we'll get to that point in a minute, but your offer may be completely reasonable, but your spouse may not necessarily be in a position to be able to accept your offer. Right. Now, again, certainly it's helpful to consider how you are presenting yourself. How am I coming across? How am I making this bid? Is there something wrong with the way that I'm going about this? Or is there something that I could improve in the way that I'm going about this? That is sure. certainly a reasonable consideration. But recognize that your spouse's resistance may have more to do with their own individual internal blocks than it does have to do with you. Right. So while that's still frustrating... Maybe there's a little bit of solace in just knowing that the rejection isn't necessarily personal. Right. Now, right. That's easy to say. Well, yes, but, but <laughs> right? that's the but, point I'm but getting but at. Yeah. If you can keep in your mind that it may be not that they're rejecting me, right? It's not that they're rejecting me as a person, me as an individual, but that they're rejecting maybe some specific means of connection that I'm asking for that I'm offering, right. right? So maybe it's that the way in which I'm asking for connection isn't something that they can give or want to give Absolutely. at the moment. Yeah. And and maybe it's, you know, if you're you're asking for some really exotic or erotic sexual activity, your spouse just may not individually be at a place mentally or have the energy or the or the mental capacity to wrap their minds around that at the moment. And so right. they may be rejecting that specifically, but it's not because they dislike you. They may just not be capable of going to that place. Right. It could be that, you know, it, you not only are you putting out there something that is outside of their normal comfort zone, but you're doing that spontaneously. Sure, sure. You know, and so you're you're ramping them up to honestly be in a place where no is the default answer. Yes, right. You know, but it can also be your spouse had a really long, hard day at work, and they've come home, and they're just trying to come down from that, and you think now is a good time to have a where are we going to be in five years kind of conversation, <laughs> right? Yes. It's, it's not that they don't want to talk to you. Yes. It's that given the situation... Now is not really the time to have that conversation. Maybe they're able to have a conversation with you. Maybe the spouse is able to have sexual connection with you. It's just that they can't do it in the manner in which you're asking. Right, exactly. And so, again, they, they may be rejecting just the specific means of connection that you are offering in that moment. That said, there are times I, I think all of us probably could recognize that they may not even be trying to reject you in the moment. They may just not simply be hearing or noticing your bid for connection. Yeah, and I think this happens a lot when pursuers have kind of learned to like quietly throw out these bid for connections. Like, you know, you've you've talked about it before as like weak little probes. Like yes. 
taking you, the temperature of the room. You used yeah. to constantly take the temperature. Is is now a good time for sex? Is now a good time for mm-hmm. sex? And depending on what pajamas I pulled out of the drawer, you were taking it as a rejection yeah, or absolutely. not. I just was looking for comfortable pajamas. Or, or you know, walking, <laughs> I sit down on the couch and put my hand on your knee. And if it if I didn't get the kind of response I was hoping or expecting, uh-huh. then I read all kinds of things into that. And I f- took it internally as a yeah. rejection, even though that wasn't her, her, she didn't even know that she was being propositioned. Right. Uh, she, right. She, <laughs> I had no idea I was rejecting you because I didn't. But at the same time, how many times have I sat down beside you and wanted to have a conversation with you? And because you weren't really making a lot of eye contact with me, I took that as he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to talk right. to me. He, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm reading into this as all sorts of levels of rejection and it's just your body language Absolutely. is different than how I think we, it we, should be. We sit down, even on a date night, we sit down across from each <laughs> other. And if there's a television on in the restaurant that happens to have a sporting event on it, I really have a hard time keeping my eyes off of it even if i don't care about the teams or the sport it does or the not outcome. matter even what the sport is it doesn't matter it could be curling but i could be or <laughs> no, well not, no, not you figure like skating, curling <laughs> but whatever it is it, it could be you know whatever it is um cro- you know cricket or something You're i could trying be hard watching. to find a, a sport that you don't actually want to watch <laughs> well there are there are a few probably you glance at the tv and you watch it and i immediately am like you're not listening to me. You're not paying attention to this conversation. You want to be watching the sport game more than you want to be talking to me. Yes. So yeah. you're reading in rejection and it's because of my own, you know, uh, uh, obliviousness that I am not catching on to the fact that I need to have my eyes right. somewhere else. So we often project rejection onto our spouse simply because they've not met our expectation. And frankly, that gets back to the fact that we've never even told them our expectation. So for us, Matthew, (laughs) you now know, right? If there is a TV and we're intending to have a good date night full of good conversation, Matt just makes a point to set himself where he can't look at the TV because he knows that I'm sensitive to looking at the TV. So I have expressed to you my expectation that date night is going to equal a certain level of eye connection, body turn towards one another in that conversation. But, you know, this took a conversation. It took me saying, here are my expectations. Yes, and so, and we also don't plan date nights or during the time of important sporting events either. <laughs> so it goes both ways. We, we express our expectations and we try to meet it um, because, you know, your spouse is not a mind reader. Right. I'm certainly right. not. Right. Um, it's it's also important, well, maybe, I don't want to move on from that point yet, because I, I think something else could really be said here, mm-hmm. and you hinted at it, but I think a lot of sexual pursuers are so used to being rejected, or they are ex- almost expecting rejection, mm-hmm. that they never actually get around to making an offer. They never mm-hmm. even get to the point of making an explicit request for sex we right. we make a joke here or there or we right. make a comment or we you know a pat on the butt or whatever and if our spouse is not immediately you know engaged then we feel like we have some plausible deniability like oh i wasn't really offering i was just teasing or yeah. i was just you know whatever 
so that we can tell ourselves that we didn't actually get rejected. And so Mm. because of that, we get in this mode of constantly not offering so that we're constantly never rejected, but then we never actually get what we want. And I'm just here to tell you, pursuers, make the bid. Yeah. Just come out and say exactly what you're looking for. Make the bid. And your responder will appreciate that. I would much rather know this is what I am looking for than to constantly be guessing. Yeah, for sure. And realizing that I'm doing this wrong, I just don't know where it is I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Uh, So some of this is out of your control, and it's about your spouse and what they're dealing with. But it is also important and necessary to be self-reflective and to examine whether or not I am presenting myself in a desirable way. Am I making bids for connection that are realistic? Yeah. Um, that is important for me to consider. So yeah. one of the questions that I would pointedly ask myself is, would I want what I am offering? Mm, right. Would I want to have sex with me? <laughs> would I want to cuddle with me? Would I want to have a deep, meaningful conversation with me? Yeah. And again, that gets down to, you know, am I safe? Am I warm? Am I inviting? Or am I critical and defensive? Right. I mean, nobody wants to hug a porcupine. Right. Exactly. And if I'm presenting myself as immediately critical and defensive, then, well, no, no one's going to want to have a nice cuddle warm conversation with right. me yeah right. have i made but we do we do that because we like you said a minute ago you we're taking that place of previous rejection and we're we're putting it forward right yes and and because we're afraid now we're gonna put our defensives up but still want the connection yeah it, it's all backwards in our minds and we don't obviously aren't thinking clearly about what we're really looking for. Right. But, you know, have I made my spouse feel special and cherished? Or Mm -hmm. does my spouse feel neglected and low priority? And therefore, are they unwilling to hear my bid for connection because they aren't feeling connected? They're not feeling special. They're not feeling cherished. Right. Is my offer generous and considerate of their desires, of their wants and needs and comfort or is it really just all about me and trying to make myself feel good right exactly so i I mean again in the end it's rare that missed connections and rejections are the fault of just one spouse yeah Uh, but but at the same time it's important to be mindful that rejection is not necessarily a reflection of myself Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a reflection of my own self-worth but I must also be honestly critical of myself and be willing to do the work to present the best version of myself to my spouse. Which is hard when you are in the place of rejection, right? Because This is the call to be better, be better myself, not be waiting for my spouse to be better. Absolutely, yeah. So I think where we can kind of end this episode, Matt, is really just dwelling for a minute on what it is to cope with rejection. Yeah. Um, what it, what does it look like in that moment of rejection? What should we do better? Well, I, I think what has to come to mind or what, what I have to push toward and be inclined toward is 
maturity and selflessness. Yeah. If I had to maybe sum it up in just those two words. Now, there's a lot to that to maybe unpack, but what it doesn't look like is angry outbursts mm. or pouting. Mm-hmm. Those reactions are not going to get you what you want, first yeah. of all. So it, it's really counterproductive and it ought to be counterintuitive, but it's unfortunately, it's kind of the nature of how we are uh, programmed to, to react because our initial response is about preserving self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are prone to these angry outbursts or the pouting, the, the cold withdrawal. Right. But all you're doing then is proving that you are unsafe you're undesirable and you're selfish. Yeah. <laughs> if I want a conversation and I don't feel like I'm getting it and I throw at you angry words, you're not going to be inclined to then have no. a nice conversation I, with me. I, yes, I'm you know? certainly if, if I'm coming to my spouse with an offer for an intimate sexual encounter and they reject me intentionally or not and then I come back with anger and pouting and all of the other uh, self-centered reactions yeah I'm just proving that I'm that my spouse made the right choice (laughs) and you are building your spouse's wall all the more yes right you're 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 piling the bricks up for them in that case yeah so instead of angry outburst and pouting we've got to learn to be content Right, And that's, that's a small word and a big ask, but it's learning to be content with what is being offered. Because again, it's usually not that they're rejecting you completely outright as a whole person. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're usually offering something. It's just that you want something different. Yeah, And, and, and so, so learning to be content with what is being offered, with what is on the table is a primary place to dealing with rejection. Right. Be be willing to sit in the rejection for a moment and find the nuance of what is being rejected so that perhaps you could offer something that is desirable and something that could be uh, built upon, celebrate what you're able to build then in that moment rather than dwelling on what you're not getting. Because a lot of times the rejection is not that they're rejecting you, it's that they're rejecting the kind of thing that you want. Right. The kind of sex, the kind of date night, the kind of conversation. It's not that they don't want to have any engagement with you. It's that they don't want or can't do exactly what you're asking for in that moment. Right. And so learn to be content with what it is that they are able to give to you in that moment. That doesn't mean that there's not growth for both of you, that canon should be a part of this, but you have to first start with contentment. Absolutely. So no pouting. Mm -hmm. And look, pursuers are really good at pouting. Yeah. Um, Emotional and sexual pursuers. Yes, absolutely. You don't Mm -hmm. get what you want, and so you you take your stuff and you go to your own room, you go to your man cave, you go to your whatever, and Mm -hmm. you close everything off, and you have me time, because your spouse has said no, so you just reject them entirely. Look, if you're pouting after you are rejected, you are demonstrating that your offer to be with your spouse was purely of selfish motivation. You're confirming that. If you are pouting, 
you are confirming that your motivation was purely selfish because either you wanted to connect in that moment or you just wanted something for yourself. And if you are rejected and you leave that opportunity to connect and you walk away from that opportunity, you're confirming that your motivation was selfish. Mm -hmm. Instead, if your bid is rejected then again, sit in that rejection and find the nuance of some other means of connection that you both want. Right. Stop pouting. Right. And and then I think stop, stop playing it safe. Hmm. Stop hiding. Start being authentic. It's everyone gets rejected sometimes. Right. Uh, you've said it before that if you're not getting rejected, then you probably aren't pursuing strongly enough. Yeah. And that's true. Again, this is true emotionally and sexually. If I am by nature an emotional pursuer, then it's, it, is, it is on me to be the initiator of that emotional connection. And that means sometimes I'm going to have a miss. Sometimes I'm going to come looking for emotional connection and it's just not the right time or way for you. And so I've got to own that and stop being afraid of that. But I think all too often we, again, we stop pursuing really fully yes. because we're afraid of that moment of rejection. Yes. Uh, yes. Stop. Again, consider the perfect pursuer. Who is the perfect pursuer not you no not me for <laughs> sure but if you consider that jesus is the perfect pursuer yeah then recognize that even jesus gets rejected a majority of the time by me by me and Isn't by everyone that else hard to consider yeah so as a pursuer what does he do follow his example and pursue relentlessly and pursue entirely selflessly. I think that's the key. If my pursuit is not based on all the things that I want, but is based on a desire for intimate connection with my beloved, then I will just keep pursuing because I'm looking for what's best for us, not what's just best for me. Right. And so that means that I'm willing to find multiple ways to connect. You you might innately have one way of connection that you, it's kind of your default. I mean, as everybody knows, I'm the emotional <laughs> pursuer. So my default is conversation. My default is seeking connection with you through all the things that conversation equals to me. But if I only rely on that then I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be rejected. Rather, I, I could learn to recognize all the bids for connection that you yourself are throwing out, right? The closer your spouse feels, the more likely they are then to notice all of your bids for connection. So if you're paying attention to their bids, they feel closer to you they're more likely to notice your bids for connection. Absolutely. So, uh, I, again, I think what you're saying, which you're saying well, is to seek to connect in all realms of intimacy. Yeah. Find all those different places where you have opportunities to connect. And 
as a pursuer or sorry, as a responder in those cases, mm-hmm. be willing to spend some time and energy in those areas that your spouse values. Yeah. If I expect my spouse to respond to me, I must be responsive to them. I think that's just how <laughs> it works out, how it boils down. Yes. And, and, isn't it amazing how easy it is to not actually recognize that? Oh, we right? just spin our we spin in these circles of these mm-hmm. toxic cycles of discontent and resentment and anger and bitterness and rejection and mm-hmm. uh, it it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It doesn't right. have to be that way. And I think ultimately where it grows is learning to have direct conversations with one another. Yeah. There's there's little things that you might be able to tweak that would dramatically change your spouse's response, and they right. might not ever have to know about it. Right. But ultimately, like you said, if if there's a long pattern of rejection, mm-hmm. and you feel constantly rejected by your spouse, you may just have to take a direct approach and force the conversation about this. Right. Right. Learning to say, "I feel rejected," and saying that in a way that's not pouting, that's not defensive, that's not angry, but expressing, here's how I feel. I mean, you have to offer the benefit of the doubt, but you also need to be open with your observations and your feelings. And again, expressing not, I want what I want, but I want connection with you. I want to feel closer to you. I want to feel desired. I want you to feel desired. And learning how to have that conversation of, frankly, asking your spouse, how would you feel desired? What can I do to make you feel desired? Okay, that's a place where I'm going to be the responder. I'm going to work on. But then you also can turn that conversation. Okay, here's here's how I would feel desired. Yep, right. Here's the things that I would like for you, how I would like for you to respond to me. That's a great conversation. That's not a you against me. That's a team building we. Absolutely. And, and I think those kinds of conversations are critical, especially if you can be specific. Yeah. And it, you can offer specific ways in which your spouse can help to make you feel desired and vice versa. But I think also the more specific you can be about the times and circumstances where you felt rejected, mm-hmm. those are points of learning for both of you in how to restructure and maybe reframe your uh, relationship. Well, and and that may mean it takes a little bit of time for you, number one, to be doing all of the internal work, which is the whole first half of this podcast, right? How, How do you reframe this yourself? But number two, like just taking time to recognize when is it that I feel rejected? What are the events that came up that were surrounding this so that we're not just always reacting in that exact moment, but we're able to have a calm conversation later that offers examples, but not accusations. Right, right. It, go in with the mindset that this is not necessarily intentional and yeah. that both of you, almost certainly both of you want something better. Right. If you approach it from that mindset, then you both will be in a much better mindset to make progress towards better connection in the future. And I think it's vitally important that we recognize that if I'm feeling rejected, odds are high that my spouse is also feeling rejected. And so that may mean, it will mean 
that this conversation is also going to involve some criticism of me. Absolutely. And if I, again, if my goal is to tell my spouse that I am a safe place, I do desire intimate connection with them, then I have to be willing to hear that criticism without defensiveness. Absolutely. I have to own my own failings. I have to own the times that I have rejected, whether that was intentionally or unintentionally. Right, right. I, I, I love uh, what Esther Perel says about this. She says, um, when I don't feel heard, it's often because I'm not listening. Mm. And again, the point is, uh, if I don't feel like I'm my voice matters, if I don't feel like my uh, that there's no connection there. It's not always because people aren't listening to me. It's often because I'm not listening to them. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the, that's where the mirror kind of gets flipped around in, in our face. And ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm going to be rejected. You're going to be rejected. All of you listening are going to be rejected. But ultimately, all that I can deal with is my side of the equation. What am I contributing to this? How can I present myself in a better way, right. in a better light? How can I come at this in a less self-focused place so that uh, we can move forward to something that is more connecting? And even though it takes two of us to have a, an intimate relationship, that the spark of change can happen just from my willingness to take the first step. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Good episode. Give us our wrap up. Rejection almost always occurs due to multiple factors that have to do with how you are presenting the bid for connection and with your spouse's individual circumstances. Angry outbursts or pouting will never get you what you want. Rather, these kinds of reactions prove that you are unsafe, self-centered, and undesirable. Instead, Consider the perfect pursuer, Jesus. Even he gets rejected majority of times. Follow his example and pursue relentlessly and selflessly. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about rejection. Talk about the last time that you each felt rejected. What were the circumstances, and how could you do a better job of seeing and responding to each other's bids for connection? We would love to hear your feedback about this episode or whatever might be on your mind uh, regarding marriage and uh, married sex. Contact us by emailing the podcast at podcast at intimatecovenant.com uh, or submit an anonymous feedback uh, form uh, or your questions by going to the uh, website intimatecovenant.com slash podcast and click the button contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form thanks again to Derek and Open Door Financial Advisors for sponsoring the podcast contact Open Door at opendoorfa.com where finances meet faith and family Thanks to all of you for listening, subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast. We're truly humbled by all your encouragement and your support. Thanks especially to our Patreon subscribers for coming alongside us in a very real way. We love you. If you would like to join Intimate Covenant by supporting the podcast and our greater mission to share God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality, subscribe at patreon.com slash intimate covenant. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle.